welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Since school has started, I think it's fair game to be able to drop a pop quiz on you. So here we go. Going to be a science question. The question is this. And just raise your hand um, when you know the answer, that, so don't shout it out, but you know, just lift up a hand high. How many chromosomes do you have? You know, like, okay. Um, I don't want this to be a trick question, so let me narrow it. How many pair of chromosomes do you have in you? How many know the answer to this? I see some of you on your phones Googling it right now, trying to check that out. For those who aren't, in fact, give us a, a hint. Um, the title of this series is called 23 and Me. How many pair of chromosomes do each of us have? We have 23. 20, see, yeah, um, we all have 23 chromosomes. In fact, you may have noticed, looking up here, I've got this double helix that is um, in front of us here. And this is gonna give us some insight into each and every one of us and how amazing we are. Now, some of you are thinking like, you don't have to tell me how amazing I am. I'm like, I already, I already know how amazing I am. Well, here's another way of your amazingness to add to the list. This would represent just a piece of a strand of DNA in us. You see the image that's up on the screen. Um, actually, your chromosomes, one pair of chromosomes is actually a single strand of DNA. It's very tightly coiled together. In fact, if you were to uncoil one chromosome, one strand of DNA, it would be about this tall. In other words, it's about seven feet long. That's how tightly coiled it is within us. Every one of our cells has these 23 chromosomes in it. Now, knowing that we have about mm, 37 trillion cells, give or take one or two, that means we've got this 37 trillion replications, this you know, information bank within us from these 23 chromosomes. It makes up your human genome. Now, you might be thinking like, wow, that is, that is pretty amazing, isn't it? And others might be thinking like, like, cool, but so what? And here's a couple of the so what's from that. One, just this understanding, I hope, will open up just one more reason for you to praise or worship God today. In fact, look at this scripture up on the screen. It says, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are, say it with me, they are wonderful. They just cause us to go like, wow, that is amazing. In fact, the more that we have come to understand the human genome, the more that we understand our chromosomes, it has opened up for us so much um, help and so much more of discovery about what life and growth is really all about and how we can be helped by it. Well, similar to that. The other reason, like, this is really important just to, you know, to start with is because when we look at 23andMe, the series that we're in, 
There will certainly be some fun facts that we get out of this, some cool things that come out of it, but we're also going to come to a realization that the same designer, the same designer of us physically is the same designer of us metaphysically or spiritually. The same person that brought life and growth to us and all the potential that's in this is the same one, and there's a parallel that we're gonna find. It's how life and growth occurs in us as well. That's all going to stem from the design that God has set forth, his purpose in it. In fact, you could say this. If you're looking for God and you don't wanna use the Bible, then grab a microscope. Because the more and the closer you look, the more you're going to discover the amazing designer that has given to us what we have today. First maxim that I wanna give to us in 23andMe, in fact, this is gonna be a serious maxim, so we're gonna carry it all the way through. It comes right from the chromosome itself, and that's this, that there are two parts required. Would you say that with me? There are two parts required. One more time, there are two parts required. In other words, if you just had a single helix, just one side of this, you would not have life. But life occurred when 23 chromosomes from your biological mother, 23 chromosomes from your biological father at the instance of conception, when they joined together and then these became 23 pair of chromosomes, that's when life began and the ability to be able to grow and to transmit this information throughout it. Spiritually speaking, there are two parts that are going to be required. Just like physical, two parts required. There's a divine part and there is a human part. So you're gonna have a part in this. We can put it this way. In all things, we're gonna find there's God's part and there is my part. We wanna start out talking about life itself. That is spiritual life itself. What is God's part and what is my part? So as I ask you this question right now, when did you receive spiritual life? When did you become a Christian? As you're thinking about that right now, you can get an, you know, like an age or a year, maybe there's an event that comes to your mind. When did this take place for you? Even talking about these things later, whether it's in a small group, whether it's friends, just like, hey, when did this occur for you? Maybe you've heard somebody say before, maybe you've said this before. Well, guy, I've always been a Christian. I've always been a believer. I've always had spiritual life. Anybody ever hear somebody say that, say that? You've said that before? I've heard it you know, many times. Jesus heard it as well. In fact, one instance when this was being expressed to Jesus, his answer to the person who thought, like, I've, I've always had life. Of course I've got life. Look at these words that he said back to him. He replies, very truly I tell you. In other words, let me be honest with you. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Later in the conversation, Jesus reiterates it. And he says this, you should not be surprised by my saying, you must be born again. The Apostle Peter, as the church has grown, it's now um, spread all throughout the world, he, writing to the churches, notes this. 
He says, for you have been born again. Not of not a perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and the enduring word of God. Now, what are they talking about? This born again thing. If you have a Bible with you, would you take it right now? And I want us to open together to John chapter three. If you've got that on your phone. If you've got a physical copy of the Bible, grab it right now. Open up John chapter three. This is an amazing passage of scripture. In fact, each time I come back to it, there's more and more that I'm just being able to glean from this. Verse one starts out. Now there was a Pharisee. If you're not familiar with the Pharisees, they were religious leaders, believers in God, teachers of the, of the word of God of the Old Testament. There was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus. He was also a member of the Jewish ruling council high-level leader of that day. How many have watched any of The Chosen? Have you seen any of The Chosen? Okay, so Nicodemus is a character that is often coming up in The Chosen. You may feel like you know Nicodemus through The Chosen that way. That's, that's the person here. Verse two goes on. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, and he says to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. For no one can perform the signs or miracles that you are doing if God were not with them. And look how Jesus responds. Very truly, or I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God, Nicodemus, unless they're born again. I.e., Nicodemus, you need to be born again. His reply, how can somebody be born when they're old? Nicodemus replies, surely they can, and our second time into their mother's womb may be born. Now, if you're writing little notes in your Bible, you can go like, Nicodemus didn't get it. <laughs> Nicodemus was not born again yet. Nicodemus didn't understand. So you might be thinking like, I'm like Nicodemus right now. Good company. Jesus answers him. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God, think eternal life, or think heaven at this point, unless they're born of water, and the spirit. You see, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised by my saying, you must be born again. There's that term again, born again. Born again has got a lot of synonyms in the scripture. Some of those synonyms include, in other words, same thing, being saved or salvation, regeneration, redeemed, Receive Jesus, become a believer. Call upon Jesus or call upon the name of the Lord. Come to the light, pass from death to life. Be justified, become a new creation. Be a child of God. All of those synonyms, one for another. So they're you know, different nuances, but it's talking about the same thing. Being born again. We really want to understand, like, how does a person get born again? Because we want to know, how would my child receive spiritual life or be born again? How would my neighbor, if they asked me, how could I help them to understand how to be born again? Maybe a coworker, like, like maybe even myself, how do I know if I am born again? And I hope you're thinking already with me, there must be how many parts? <laughs> There's gonna have to be two parts to this. There's gonna be God's part, let's start with that. God's part includes both provision as well as his working. Think personal working of God. Now, if you're talking about the provision of God, really, 
The Bible is the story of God and his way of working throughout history, making provision for an individual like ourselves to be born again. When you start to narrow it down just a little bit, if you go to um, God sending his son Jesus, why? So that Jesus could come and ultimately go to the cross, hopefully familiar with the gospel right here. The reason Jesus goes to the cross is he's gonna do for us what we can't do for ourselves. He's gonna pay the price or the penalty of our sin. So he's not only gonna suffer for our sin, but he's actually gonna literally pay the price of our hell for us, suffer it there for us. After his death, there's the resurrection. All of this is about what God is doing so an individual could be born again. That's a part of God's part. But there's another part of God's part, and that's a personal working. One of the coolest things about the individual being born again is before you're ever born again, God's been at work in your life. When you think about anybody sharing their story, whether it's Eric, Kelsey, anybody, God was at work in your life before you ever opened yourself up to him. And God stays personally involved in our lives after we're born again. So when you're thinking about, hey, this is just about something I do, well, certainly not. God's got a part in both provision and personal working to help a person be born again. But then our part, our part is about responding. Our part is being able to I'm gonna use the word trust in God's provision. In other words, God, what you did was enough. God, what you did, I need in my life. And that brings me to this point. God's part, my part, both essential. In fact, when you look at this, as Jesus goes on a little bit further down in chapter three, he makes this statement in John chapter three, verse number 16. And I just want you to see if you can pick out the different parts just in this one expression of it. Jesus said that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So three things God does in here. Can you see him? First thing God does is he what? He loves, right? And after God loves, he does what? He, yeah, he gives or sends his son. And then ultimately, he bestows what? Yeah, God, that's God's part. What is our part? Our part would be believing or receiving. So just for clarity, I think a picture can be worth a lot, a lot of words. So let me use this. This could be our spiritual lifeline. All of us in here have one of these. There's a time in which there's not... We are not born again. Then there may be a time in which you are born again. That's spiritual life. You receive something. This transitions to this. Now, the dividing line between this, how do you go from here to here, this symbol helps us to understand God's provision, helps us understand God's love in it. And a key word for this is the word receive. John put it this way, but to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, 
God then gives the right to become a son of God or he moves him from this. He bestows life upon him that way. So in all of us, you have a before and you have an after. Now, as you look at that, you go like, okay, let me just put this into context in my life. There was a time in my life I was not born again. There was a time that I was born again. When did this happen? I asked Pastor Rob this question. I said, Pastor Rob, when were you born again? He said, when I was seven years old. I'm like, seven years old? Like, that's amazing. And he'll share his story about that. God's working, what he did, and when he received eternal life. Certainly not the case in my life. With me, I'm late into my teenage years before I go from being not born again and very, very not born again to being very born again. I asked Pastor Bill, I said, Pastor Bill, when did you, you know, when were you born again? He said, it was early in adulthood for me. And he shared that, that age with me and I'm just kinda like, oh, okay. My dad was 88 years on this side of the line before he finally crossed over here. Now I asked you earlier, when did you receive eternal life? Do you know how old you were? I know some, sometimes this just puts us in a little bit of you know, anxiety because it's like, I, I'm not sure. Like, you know, like, you know th- this could be a problem for me, right? Like, let, let's take the anxiety part out of it and let's just work our way backwards, shall we? So how old are you right now? Some of you are like 39 and holding. Okay, got it. All right, so right now you're 39 and holding. Let's work it back. When you were 30, were you on this side of the line? How about when you were 25, were you on this side of the line? Sometimes just ask a person, I said, hey, when you were in college, were you born again or not born again? And a lot of times I get the answer, I was like, I was really not born again when I was in college, right? So that might help you with that. How about in high school? Had you been born again? How about when you were in middle school? So you can kind of, you know, get that time period and you're gonna be closer to an age that way. But understand, all of us start here. All of us have a before in our life, before we receive. When did we receive? Because for everybody that's here, there is an incredible promise that I've got for you. And the promise is found in Philippians chapter one, verse number six. It's like a God declaration. God says to everybody here, I should say this. God says to everybody here, do you know how much I love you? Do you know how committed I am to working in your life? This much. Enough to send Jesus. So in similar, do you know how much I'm putting behind this promise of Philippians 1.6? He goes, everything. And God's words to you who've been born again is this. I'm certain that God who began a good work within you. He started it. He will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when we see Jesus on his return or you see Jesus face to face. In other words, God's saying this. I am committed not only to give you life, but I'm committed to continue working in your life personally until the day that you finally reach heaven or you reach to eternity. He's saying like, 
I've got my part I'm going to do, which sets us up for this. Then what about our part? God's working in you to do something. What is that? Well, he's giving you life. He wants you to grow. He wants you to flourish. He wants to be able to help you. This sets up where we're going as a church over these next 10 weeks. So not to be confused, we've got this series we're doing now, 23andMe, but right alongside of it, we're doing Rooted. So Rooted is a 10-week experience that's inviting you to join in in discovering what is our part in following Jesus? What is our part in opening ourselves up to what God wants to be doing in our lives? God, in essence, is saying this. I've done my part. I know what I want to do in your life. Will you do yours? Because there's two parts required. I'm sad to report. There are numerous people genuinely born again that never experience what Jesus wants for them in their life. They never experience the fullness. They never experience the potential that Jesus has brought to them. They never experience the help. They don't experience the joy. They miss out on a lot now, and they miss out on a lot in the future, eternally. Because they just never know what their part is, and if you don't know what your part is, even though God says, I'm ready to do my part, this is still that void. That's why rooted is something that I'm encouraging every one of us to be able to be a part of. Because I want for you to know what your part is. My heart for you is that you will experience the fullness of understanding, of following after Jesus. One more word. Just on life. How does spiritual life come about? Because we understand how it comes to us, and this is going to help to understand a little bit more how it came to us, but then how it can go to others as well. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 these words. He says, I planted the seed in your hearts. And then Apollos, a co-worker of his, he said, I wa he watered it, but it was God who made it grow. What's he saying? He's saying our part in helping someone else to be born again is to plant seeds. It's to water seeds. Change that around a little bit different language. Our part is to invite another person to come out and to join us. Our part is to bless those around us, family, coworkers, neighbors. We use the acrostic here, bless, at Fox River, kind of helps us to organize this in our head. Like, how do I sow seed? How do I help somebody else? B stands for begin with prayer. L, just take time to listen. Listen to what's going on in their life. E means eat, drink with, spend a little bit of time with the person. The first S is serve them, help them out in life. And the second S is to share. Share God's love. Share the good news about Jesus. Share your story. When we do our part, do you know what we find out? God does his part. We heard a little bit about Eric. He was talking about from this event in his life, he shares with others. Let me tell you what God has done in me. And that opens him up to bless others and for conversation that goes on that way. There's a person, her name is Nancy Lively. 
Nancy invited me to come out to a, uh, it was a youth weekend and that was taking place at a church. And she said, hey, guy, would you come out to this youth weekend with us? And at first, I was just like, nah, I'm really not interested in it at all. But she, you know, she repeated her ask that way. And eventually, I'm like, okay, I'll go. My motives in going, it wasn't spiritual. I wasn't seeking after God. I was seeking after you know, a couple of girls that happened to be there that way. But I went. I went extremely not born again. Had no idea what that meant. And after that weekend, my life was changed. I had received Jesus. And I will tell you, I will be eternally grateful to Nancy Lively because she invited me to come out to something that I didn't even know I was getting into. We all have the potential of being like Nancy Lively in somebody else's life. We can invite them just to come out and to join us. We don't have to worry about their motives, but just invite them to come. This was a very convicting question as I thought about it, which means this really kind of you know, dug deep into my heart. I asked myself, would I say that sharing my faith is actually a priority of mine? I want to flip it. If I were to ask you, is sharing your faith a priority of yours? Is it a priority at work? Is it a priority, you know, in your neighborhood that way? A lot of times I think we just go like, I don't think so. I mean, I'm not saying it's not important. Like, I know I should do it, but it's not really a priority of mine. And because of that, we don't do much of it. But I discovered that when I made it a priority, God gave me more opportunities. Funny how that works, isn't it? I started praying about something, and God's like, oh, I can answer that prayer. Like, I was like, if, I, if I'm willing to do my part, you know what I'm seeing? All of a sudden, like, wow, God's doing his part as well. So, a lot in front of us with 23 and Me. In fact, next week, as we take this foundation of receiving life, we're going to go into something like, can I change? How could I have positive change in my life? How could I overcome something I've never been able to overcome before? Well, we'll look at that. God's part and our part in that next week. Three questions to kind of tie everything together for this week. First question. Would you be willing to join with us in Rooted, this 10-week experience, to discover what is your part in following Jesus? I can tell you, I've led a number of Rooted groups, just finished leading um, one. To say that I've been blessed is really an understatement. To say that those around me that have gone through it have experienced life change also, a very true statement. We're gonna have groups for students. We got groups for young adults. We've got groups for men, for women, for couples. We've got them on campus, we've got them off campus. We've got them online. We've got a group that's just a Spanish speaking group. If that's something you're interested in, I mean, like you might be brand new here and going like, I just, I'm not even sure I'm gonna make this my church. That's okay. Our goal isn't to get you to join this church. Our goal is you to experience the fullness that you can experience in Jesus. That's, that's my heart. That's our heart. And that's what I'm inviting you into rooted. 
Now I know life is busy and you may travel. You may go like, I'm not sure how that works out. Groups may not be your thing. You may have had a bad group experience. Let's just take all those things and go like, God, I'm willing to do my part, expecting you to do your part. So would you join us? I'm talking to the people that haven't signed up. Lots have, but talking to you. Would you join us? Use a QR code, stop by the root table on the way out. We start this week. If it, if it isn't something that is a blessing to you, just please let me know. I'll give you your money back. Secondly, I want to ask, which side of the line are you on today? To say there is no shame for being on this side of the line because we've all been there. Maybe some of us are real. Our aha today was understanding that I have been on this side of the line. But are you ready to cross over to this if you're here? Are you ready to receive Jesus? If so, I want to lead you in a prayer to that end. But I want to talk to those that are born again and just encourage you. Would you say yes to making it a priority of sharing your faith? Would you make it a priority to do your part in bringing life to a person so that God can do his part in doing it? Now, can God do anything he wants? Yes. But God said, this is how I'm going to work. Two parts required. And one part is us doing our part, which opens up even more God doing his part. Will we make that our priority? If so, let's tell that to Jesus today. Would you pray with me? Truly, Father, we are wonderfully made. And as two parts have been required for us to have physical life, we understand that there's two parts required to have spiritual life. We praise you that you've done your part. And we thank you that you've given us choice and that we can now do our part. For those that are ready to trust and receive you as Savior Jesus, as they just ask you, Jesus, I want to be born again. As best I understand this, I want to trust fully in your provision to be able to receive this life from God. If that's you today, if that's your prayer, would you acknowledge that just by lifting up a hand real quickly? Yeah. And if you wave at me, I'll wave back at you that way. Yeah. Others? Jesus, thank you for the amazing work that you're doing. And may this also spur us to making it a priority to join you in your working, to share our faith with others. That's our prayer. It's offered in your name, Jesus. And everybody in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,